Good morning. If you're on Zoom or in person, it's good to be with you. Um, we realize that if you if this hasn't happened to you already, at some point over the next month or two, you're going to wake up or look at the weather coming on a Sunday and think, are they crazy? And we know. Yeah, we're, we're already asking ourselves, but um, I hope you're getting prepared. I hope you're uh, buying some extra layers of clothes to, to join us out here on occasion. Now, leading up to Christmas in our sermons and in our church's devotional, we're exploring this theme of waiting. And we're focusing on the lives of four people, Joseph, Moses, David, and Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And this morning, I want to share with you two lessons on waiting from the life of Joseph. Two quick lessons. The first is this. That waiting is born out of promise. Waiting is born out of promise. You only wait if you have an awareness that something's coming. That's the very nature of waiting. If you do a Google search for studies that, are done, that have been done on waiting, guess what kind of waiting comes up that they're studying? Anybody? Uh, I can't, sorry. It's waiting in line. Life is so hard, isn't it? The Jews are saying, we've waited hundreds of years and you're doing studies on waiting in a line. Seriously, though, even with waiting in a line, you only wait in a line if you think there's something worth waiting for at the end of the line. Every kind of waiting is born out of some sense of promise, assurance. The story of Joseph begins with his vague awareness of a promise. He has dreams of greatness. His mother has died while he's still young. He's favored by his father, but despised by his older brothers. His father's favor only reinforces their hatred of him. And he dreams that his older brothers will bow down to him, that his father even will bow down to him. And we're going to see later, young Joseph has an immature understanding of what his dreams mean, of what their fulfillment will look like. He's ill-advised to share them with his brothers the way he does. Notice that from his first telling of the dreams, it looks like he is going to come to dominate the rest of his family. But by the time his dreams come true, over 20 years later, his brothers bowing down to him is actually a request that he provide them with food, that he keep them from starvation. So while the dream initially looks like one thing, domination, it turns out to be something entirely different, service to his family. He keeps them alive. Now still, what can't be denied is that his dreams, even while he's young, contain the seed of a promise. Joseph and his family will wait for years for this promise to be fulfilled. Waiting is born out of promise. And the same is true for us, for you and me, and our daily lives. We often live with a vague awareness of a promise from God. A promise regarding his faithfulness in our lives. Right now, in a very simple way, uh, we've been looking for housing for eight months, nine months. And we live with some sense of a vague promise that God has something out there for us. God has this desire to satisfy the deepest desires of our hearts. 
He desires to bring healing into the broken places in our lives and in our families. Many of you live with this sense of a promise, some vague promise about your family and the brokenness that you experience in it. You know that God intends something, but you're just not sure what that's going to look like. The first lesson from Joseph's life is that all of your waiting in life is born out of God's promises to you. You don't know exactly what the fulfillment of his promises will look like in the short term, but we do have some awareness of what it looks like in the long term, in Christ, of finally being satisfied in him, and of all things being made well in Christ. Sandra McCracken is a Christian, uh, she's a songwriter and a musician, and she has an album titled Songs of the Valley. They were recorded during a, a season that was a valley in her life. It's a fitting album for Advent. I, I encourage you to look it up. One of her lines uh, goes like this. If it's not okay, then it is not the end. And this is not okay. So I know this is not. This is not the end. It's beautiful. Waiting is born out of promise. It's born out of the faithful promises of God to us. Now, the second lesson on waiting from Joseph's life is this. Waiting is a series of deaths and resurrections. It is a series of deaths and resurrections. Death and resurrection isn't only something that happens to Jesus, but it only makes sense because of Jesus. Jesus' death and resurrection are the climactic death and resurrection that draw together all of our own experiences in life of spiritual death and resurrection. So for us to wait for God's deepest promises to us, death and resurrection must happen to us. Physically, yes, but before that, it has to happen spiritually. And it often happens repeatedly. Now, I am not talking right now about what happens when you become a Christian, this one moment in your life where Christ raises you from death and makes you alive with him. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ongoing journey in life of walking with God, of waiting and seeking his promises. Death and resurrection are an ongoing part of that journey, and they happen over and over again. For years before Joseph's dreams are fulfilled, his life follows this death and resurrection pattern. It starts with his brothers putting him down into a pit. Now, in the Old Testament, pits are a symbol for literal and spiritual death. Psalm 30 seems to narrate this very moment in Joseph's life. O oh Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Initially left there to die, Joseph is lifted up. He is resurrected. But then he's taken down to Egypt. Egypt in scripture is the geological, ge geographical equivalent of a pit, a place of death. He's taken down into Egypt and into slavery, and this is a form of death for Joseph. Even there, though, Joseph is lifted up. We're told repeatedly God is with him, and though he's still a slave, he's elevated to the highest status. But then, again, a false accusation lands Joseph in prison, 
And in case you're under any doubt that this too is a kind of death for Joseph, several years later, when Pharaoh finally calls for him, the jail is described as another, guess what? Pit. Another place of death from which God lifts him out. If Joseph were to sit down with us, on the front porch, say, and tell us about his life. He would share about these years of waiting, having three downward movements of desolation and death. And on top of those three large movements are smaller, but no less painful moments. For instance, while he's in prison, he helps one of Pharaoh's servants, and he asks that servant, remember me when it is well with you, and do me kindness. And he tells them, because I was sent down here and I don't deserve it. But once again, Joseph is left to wait. In this note of anguish, we're told the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but he forgot him. Still, as Joseph would tell us his story, he would tell us that in each place of death, he was lifted up. Repeatedly, we hear this line, God was with him. And this is the promise that we look toward in Advent, the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. This is the second lesson on waiting from Joseph's life. Waiting is a series of deaths and resurrections. As you wait for God to fulfill his promises in your own life, as you look to Christ to be fully formed and become mature in you, you will find yourself experiencing a series of deaths. It can't be described in any other way. That's what it feels like in your life. Desolation and death. And this is painful. There's no denying it. But in each case, you'll also find that God is there to lift you up. In the anguish of your life, as you watch children not walking in the ways that you would love, as you watch relationships dissipate and you have no control over them, friendships, family members, whatever that may be, it's painful. But in each case, you'll also find that God is there to lift you up, to restore you to life. And while it may not always feel like it, in each case, God is moving you closer to his promises with each series of death and resurrection. This series moves Joseph and his family closer to the fulfillment of God's promises. These three movements in Joseph's life. And when those promises do come to fruition, when his brothers arrive there in Egypt and Joseph reveals himself to them, the family is happy to receive his dreams fulfilled the way that they are. They're happy to hear Joseph say to them, it was God who did this and not you. They're relieved even. Waiting is born out of promise, and waiting is a series in our lives of deaths and resurrections. And God is at work in our lives in the waiting. Christ is especially present to us in these moments. Because Joseph, he's a foreshadowing of Christ. Think about this. Joseph is a beloved child who's sent away by his father to check on his brothers. But his brothers seek to destroy him instead. Joseph, in turn, is resurrected, raised up to set a table for his brothers that is going to save them from starvation and death. And Joseph turns his enemies into friends. 
And this is exactly what Christ has done for you and me. He was sent by God to save us, to check in on us, and we destroyed him instead. But then Christ, in his resurrection, has set a table before his enemies and invited us to become his friends. And so I want to invite us to turn toward Christ in this Advent, even in the ways that we are waiting in our lives, especially in the ways that we're waiting in our lives. Whatever pains you feel. Yes, there is the long-term hope of the return of Christ, but God wants you to turn to him even in the short-term pains that you feel right now. If you're not turned toward Christ, will you? Will you give him a chance this Advent to work in your life, to come and to surprise you with his presence? Christ is eager to receive us at his table, to feed us, to save us from our own spiritual starvation, from trying to feed on things that won't satisfy us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all the promises that you have made to us. And we thank you that out of every death that we endure, every desolation, that you promise us your resurrection through your son, Jesus. Help us to turn to you this Advent. And we pray that you would come to us, that you would visit us with your presence, and that you might be born in us as you were born in the first Christmas, that you would be born in our own hearts and in our lives, and that your glory would shine. Thank you for your mercies in Christ and for setting a table before us while we were your enemies. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.